Welcome to this recording, which is being made for December the 13th. This is presented to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas. Would you please have your Bible ready in Ephesians chapter 4? This sermon will be about verses 17 through 24. Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. And then the other sermon for today, December the 13th, will be based on the next section in Ephesians 4, and that's verses 25 through 32. There is one dominant theme here in this second half of Ephesians chapter 4. If you are not a Christian, this will be well worth your consideration about the kind of life you need to seek. If you are a Christian, this is about the kind of life you should pursue. First, let me describe this passage within the framework of the Ephesian letter. Paul, the apostle, is writing to Christians in Ephesus. After the greeting, he wants them to appreciate how blessed they are. And he does that with these words, in Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He goes on to describe the reality of God's plan of redemption that came to pass according to the purpose of God's will. And this all leads Paul to the affirmation that Christ is the head of the body of God's people, the body of Christ, the church. We, as Christians, are members of that body. We're in that relationship, in Christ. For Christians, Ephesians chapter 1 conveys to us assurance and gratitude attributing all of the blessings we have to the grace of God expressed in Jesus Christ. Words are used like inheritance, predestined, and in verse 14, guarantee. This is the kind of passage that causes gratitude for God for his grace in Christ. But this should never be turned or distorted into a false sense of security because there is a manner of life that is essential in our relationship to God as members of the body of Christ. I should not think of myself as a passenger in a vehicle with nothing to do but look at the scenery. The rich blessings of God's grace written in Ephesians 1 were not written to tell us to relax and sit back and resume old habits. To the contrary, the reality of being in Christ means I use what I've learned from him in my everyday life. Listen to this then in Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them 
due to the hardness of their heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I want us to see from this text how the blessing of being in the Lord's church, the body of Christ, requires a way of life. Notice this phrase, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles walk. Now, the first time you read this, it may sound almost prejudicial, like Paul is playing into some prejudice or ethnic loyalty. It may sound like he is saying, don't be like people who are not Jewish. No, that's not it. He's talking about a way of life that was associated with Gentile culture. And he describes exactly what he is talking about. As we keep reading, we see what he's talking about in these phrases. The futility of their minds, darkened in understanding, alienated from the life of God. This is about living a life that is alienated or separated from God, characterized by ignorance and hardness of heart, being callous, giving yourself over to sensuality, greed, impurity. Paul isn't using the word Gentiles in a broad, unlimited sense or with reference to a group connected by blood or birth. He's talking about a sinful life alienated from God, a group of people around these Christians who were walking advertisements for alienation from God. And his point is simple. You must not live that way. People who've been baptized into the body of Christ cannot live this way. You must no longer live a life that is alienated from God. See, there is no permanent membership in the body of Christ that grants permission to live a life alienated from God. There is no spiritual tenure that contains any permission to sin or be an inactive member. Paul says, this is not the way you learn Christ. Christians are people who have learned how to live based on their knowledge of and their love and respect for Jesus Christ. When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when you listen to teaching and preaching about Jesus Christ, when you remember how he lived, all that learning needs to drive how you think and how you speak and how you treat people and how you react to events. The point here is to the Ephesians, your life in Christ, referred to in chapter 1 and 2, your life in Christ is based on what you know about him, not the licentious Gentile 
culture. So again, while the blessings of membership in the body of Christ are to be enjoyed and cherished and generate gratitude and praise, there is a way of life associated with being in Christ. We learn that way of life from Jesus Christ. We follow his pattern, his teaching. That's our conviction. In responding to Christ, we put off the old self, which belongs to our former manner of life that is corrupt. This goes to the heart of what conversion is. I mean, not just the word conversion, change, practical, actual change. That's what the gospel is designed to produce in those who hear it and respond to it, turning your life around from sin to righteousness made possible by the death of Christ, embraced by your response to him. There may be some tempting thought that one can respond to Christ initially and enter into the church, the body, but return to your former sinful living. Paul wants the Ephesians and everyone who reads this to understand conversion means real practical change. Change you are so committed to, you reject any thought of returning to your former sinful life. In responding to Christ, we put off the old self, which belongs to our former manner of life, that is corrupt. Moving further in the passage, one objective in obeying the gospel is to be renewed in the spirit of our minds and change. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness. Let me tell you, I know people and I've had conversations with people who say, perhaps in tears, that they know they need to change their way of life. They may confess their sins in some detail. They describe their sins. They identify wrong choices. They mourn over their episodes of folly. They claim they want to stop and perhaps they do cease some of their bad habits but they never really commit to the new life, the new self that is possible in Christ. Paul is reminding the Ephesians what is involved in genuine conversion. Not only do you give up the whole way of life of sin, you embrace the new way of life that is learned by giving your full attention to Jesus Christ. One objective in obeying the gospel is to be renewed in the spirit of our minds and change. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness. Now let me tie all this in together. When you are baptized, you are baptized into the body of Christ, which is also called the church the Lord's church, and that's the emphasis in the early part of the Ephesian letter, particularly in chapter 1. That response to the gospel that brings you into the body of Christ, that response to the gospel of Christ does not mean 
Well, now I'm in this group, this body of believers. I can sit back in this vehicle and I can enjoy the ride to heaven and just take in the scenery. No. Members of the body of Christ are active, changed people, new, renewed, and must not behave as they used to behave or think as they used to think or speak as they used to speak or react as they used to react. For Christians, this is an urgent reminder that we are not just riding a little wagon to heaven. We are more than passengers. We are people created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I read the New Testament not to confirm that since I'm among the saved, I can relax. No, I read the New Testament to see what I need to do, who I need to be, what growth I must now pursue, what service I must undertake. If you are not a Christian, you read this book, the New Testament, you read Ephesians to understand where the call of the gospel needs to lead you, the manner of life that needs to be your personal follow-up after that initial response of repentance and baptism. What Paul was saying, testifying from the Lord, was the call of the gospel is to a new life, higher thinking, better living, where God is honored, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all ages forever and ever. Amen. So listen again to the text we've studied. Now this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt, through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Thank you for being a part of this study. We hope all the technology has worked, and we hope you'll return to the website and listen to these recordings. The next one will be on the rest of Ephesians chapter 4. We are the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas.